Hey everybody, welcome to Note Up. I'm Michael Rogers. I haven't done this in a very long time. With me today is Rod Vegg and Forrest Norvell. Say hi, you guys. Hello. Hello. Hey, all right. And we're going to talk about Node Forward today. And we're probably going to continue to talk about Node Forward maybe like once a month on Node Up. And today's show is sponsored by Codeship, Lyft Security, and Anyet. All right. We're supposed to talk about ourselves for a second. So I'm Michael Rogers, and I write some Node code, and I run some conferences and stuff. What do you guys do? I'm Rod Bag. I occasionally appear on NodeUp, and I I work with NodeSource, and I do all sorts of interesting things in the Node community. I just like Node. (laughs) I'm Forrest Norval. I like to make Node do things that it probably shouldn't. Right now, that mostly involves making NPM, the command line interface, part of the NPM ecosystem, do what it should, when it should, most of the time. I'm the lead developer on that project, and I also am spending a lot of time thinking about how to push the Node community forward. Awesome, awesome. And I love how comfortable everybody is talking about themselves. This is going so well. All right. Okay. All right. Our first sponsor today is CodeShip. CodeShip is a free hosted continuous delivery service focused on simplicity and usability. Set up continuous integration in a few steps and automatically deploy when all your tests are done passing. CodeShip is great support for a bunch of different languages and test frameworks. It integrates through GitHub, obviously. It integrates with Bitbucket in case, you know, your manager told you that you had to use that. And it lets you deploy to all the cloud services, you know, Heroku, AWS, Modulus, Nojutsu, blah, blah, blah. CodeShip just makes continuous delivery simple, and the setup only takes about a minute. You can sign up now and get 100 builds a month and five private projects for free. So, wow, free private stuff. That's, like, not the GitHub model. Wow, this is great. And so this should allow, like, any startups or freelancers or small teams to just get started. For anyone that needs builds and projects, you can use the discount code NOTEUP and get 20% off, actually, any of the plans uh, for three months when signing up for a paid subscription. So head on over to codeship.io slash NOTEUP and get yourself started with some code shipping and ship some fucking code. All right. So let's talk a bit about Node Forward. So Node Forward has been, it's been up for maybe, like, two months now or something, but essentially, like... You know, there were a lot of different conversations, a lot of people kind of talking about different problems that are going on in Node. I was talking to a lot of different people about this, and there's all these different organizational efforts to try and fix it, and lots of talking with different institutions and and politics and blah, blah, blah. But at some point, like, you know, it became very apparent to me, at least, and and a bunch of other people, too, that the real problem is that, that, you know, Node has just grown so fast. It's grown too fast for anybody really to keep their head on it. And any projects that, you know, are single maintainer, any projects that are sort of run by an institution, any problems that stretch, you know, a multitude of different projects, like small little projects that don't coordinate with each other, all of them are having these like huge growing pains. I set up Node Forward as just sort of like this GitHub org where we can all get together sort of as a community and take responsibility for these problems and just kind of dive in and start fixing them. And, you know, is there a, par- I, is there a parallel to what, what Node Forward is doing to in, in other um, ecosystems? Or is this like, you see this as a unique effort? Well, I, th- I think it's unique in that Node is a little unique in some of these 
problems, right? So, you know, if this were Python, right, like it would be, you know, some committee at the Python Software Foundation. That is just not going to work for Node, right? Like we have one, we have a bunch of people that just aren't going to to work with institutions like that. One is the institutions just don't move fast enough, and Node is moving too fast. And for the most part, you know, Node has been built on this culture of, you know, whenever you have a problem, just go off and do something and fix it. Just, you know, you just go off and write a module. So everybody feels very enabled to work on things. So having like an institution be like the only thing that is sort of holding this together really isn't going to work. And at the same time, we, you know, with everybody going off and solving this with their own little modules, we start to get these other problems of like integrating all these things together or starting to tackle problems that stretch all of these modules or bigger than this. Like one of my favorite threads right now, it's in node forward slash discussions, which is sort of like a general mailing list where we can talk about some of these problems. Well, you know, it's an issue tracker, but you can treat it like a mailing list because it's GitHub. There's one on just math, like just why are we not as good as SciPy and R at some of the math stuff, right? And, you know, you can get into like, oh, we don't have operator overloading or we don't have like some of these primitives. But the real reason, honestly, is that we haven't figured out a way to get these ancient Fortran libraries running. And once we have those ancient Fortran libraries running, like R does, (laughs) we can even start to talk about the next thing. So we've been pulling people into that conversation. We also have some of the people from ECMA now, like, like for the first time really ever, we're having actual constructive conversations with people in the standards group, which is great. That hasn't quite happened with the Node community I know that Forrest is going to do some work on that as well. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think some of these problems are unique to Node, so we really do need a community effort to try and tackle it. And the other thing, too, is that, you know, that this whole notion of responsibility is really important, right? Like, you can point at, you know, that person should be solving this problem or, you know, that company or institution should be solving this problem. But, but really, like, as long as we make this one person's responsibility or one company's responsibility, it's just never going to work. It's never going to get fixed. So, like, let's, as a community, just say, okay, this is a problem. Let's all work together together to fix it and do it the same way that we do all of our other open source work, right? Node school has been, I think, like a really big inspiration for for a lot of the Node community, but in particular this effort where Max in particular has found a lot of ways of like, you know, enabling small sort of localized groups to really get off the ground and, and get running and then sustain themselves. And everybody who comes becomes like an Everybody who attends is now like also an owner of that. And so distributing a lot of ownership and a lot of responsibility among all of the participants is working really, really well there. And so what, you know, what we're really trying to do is in a more virtual sense say, you know, who are all the people that want to work on mentorship? Who are all the people that want to work on you know, a better sort of entry point for new users to Node? And then give them all ownership over that and really enable them to, to, ta- to tackle that problem together. What are the um, there's different presences for Node Forward, isn't there? I know there's a website now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what, I mean, you, yeah, yeah the, the website is really just sort of like you know messaging about what it is, um, like what we've just been talking about, and also sort of a call to action, like you know, you are you this kind of person? You can do this kind of stuff. And right now it's just like a wall of text. Like somebody who is any good at making websites or doing design should really take this over. Like the website right now is just a thing that I threw up. So, so hey, Zeke's, <laughs> Zeke's working on it. It's coming together. Yeah, yeah. He already made it look a little better. So, <laughs> And I think, like, also, you know, we're not, we're also not trying to appropriate 
any stuff like there's a bunch of other efforts that are going on in the community that are working really well that we're not going to try to you know take over like node school yeah like node school right like we we don't want to be like hey node school why don't you move into our org or whatever you know or like like you know we'll, we'll talk about this later but like your project nan is coming up a lot in a lot of the stuff like there's no reason to move nan into node forward like it's fine where it is it's working for for a lot of the conference stuff you know i started this thing called one shot which is like basically it, it's a guide for anybody to do like a simple one day conference and so, like, you know, basically, you know, NodeConf wants to help you just run a little one-day event in your town. And so there's, like, you know, a step-by-step guide and, and all of these sort of resources there to, to help you get up and running and started. And, you know, that's, like, a way for us to try and grow the Node events ecosystem. And that's working fine, too. So we're not going to try to appropriate that. We're just trying to tackle, like, you know, problems that really aren't being worked on uh, constructively yet. So. And so, Michael, um, just on that presence thing, most of this is happening on GitHub, right? It's um, yeah, it's on GitHub slash Node dash forward. There's that, but there's also a lot of interesting stuff happening around Gitter. Like, Michael, were you the one oh, that yeah. started getting everybody using Gitter? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's an interesting story. For some reason, I just decided that I was going to play with Gitter finally. People have been poking me to do it forever, and I set up one a, a channel for a request actually, and. We started getting people asking questions of requests that, you know, they weren't asking these questions in the Node IRC channel. They couldn't figure out IRC. They weren't logging issues about them. So we were we were getting a lot of people engaging that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And so I figured, wow, it, it would be really good for us to pull some of the, the Node Forward stuff into this as well. So we've been, yeah, we've been using Gitter as sort of like a like IRC replacement. It's really important for like help and for welcome and some of the new user resources. So. What I find interesting about that is that it kind of acts as glue for the whole thing. Like there's a bunch of different GitHub repos. It's not really clear how they all tie together. And since they're all, they all have Gitter channels now, it's easy for people to kind of pop in and see what's going on. The integrations allow you to keep an eye on what's going on in terms of activity on those things. And also, like, the whole thing just feels a lot more live and connected. Like, the IRC channel is a useful medium, especially for newer users, but it's very noisy, right? And it tends to be people who are very topically focused on whatever problem is they're trying to solve. And there are people like Nexi and Aria and various other folks that are willing to kind of pitch in and kind of shape that flow and help the completely lost people get oriented. But it's not really an effective way to talk about what we're doing. And like on the other token, there is still the Google group. Like it's still a thing that exists and there's still people using it. It gets like, I don't know, 20 or 30 messages a day. I recently had Aria, if, if you don't know, listeners, I've been moderating that mailing list pretty strictly since about April. It actually hasn't turned out to be a bunch of work because there's really not a lot of drama left, but that's mostly because a lot of the people who had been on the list for a while got burnt out by various waves of drama and have gone elsewhere. But it's turned into a pretty useful resource for new users in particular. So we have these different little things for new users, but we haven't really had a good place to talk as a community about how we're going to do a lot of this stuff. You know, those of us who hang out in our various regional communities have our little conversations about this, but it's really interesting to see Node Forward pulling a lot of those conversations together into one place. I've been seeing this with Node School as well, because Node School's doing a lot of Node, um, Gitter stuff, so there's the, a general Gitter room for organizers, and then there's the, the regional ones, I think, are, are being used a lot. We just did Camp JS this weekend, and I was talking to someone and said, they said, oh, using Gitter, because we're, you know, we're talking about Node School on there. Yeah, I'm in the same channel as this guy that we didn't realize. Yeah, it's, it's turning out to be a pretty good resource. I, I feel a bit like Gitter is, uh, has got some way to go in terms of 
usability. It's like pretty heavyweight, and um, like I, I kind of find it a bit tedious to look through everything. But I imagine it'll it'll improve over time. And I did hear someone say that there is an IRC integration. You can actually point your IRC client at it. Oh man, we can never though. never point Gitter at Node.js. Like no, 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 the other no, way around. Either way, yeah, because I, yeah. So there's a few people that just just want to use IRC, like they want to use the command line for everything. And I think Gitter has a reverse IRC integration. Cool. Yeah, yeah, they do. I've, it's I think it's just IRC.Gitter.im will give you the the directions on how to do that. And yeah, like the thing about the Node School ones that's interesting to me is that the organizers room has like a few people talking in it, but the regional ones are the ones that really take off. It's like this place for the local community to like talk to each other. It's great. I think now we're gonna move on to the next little bit here. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Lyft Security. Oh man, I love Lyft Security. They do so much awesome work. And Adam Ball. Baldwin's the greatest, and not the Adam Baldwin, the actor who started Gamergate. That is a different <laughs> Adam Baldwin. This is the Adam Baldwin security expert who does Lyft security. So if you're building an application or service, it's already hard enough dealing with like all the crazy security crap that gets in your way. So it doesn't have to be so painful and frustrating. You can actually you know, bring in people that are experts in security and they can help you with this. And so Adam Baldwin and the team at Lyft Security, they really just want to guide developers in building the most secure node applications that they can. They already help secure tools for everyday use on GitHub and NPM. They've already done a huge number of security assessments you know, of lots of different NPM modules and vulnerabilities, and they found vulnerabilities in core and, and a lot of like really important modules, and, and they're very uh, ethical in how they disclose those and get everybody updated. The kind of core service that they're doing right now is just security assessments. So the assessment helps identify and prioritize spots to improve security and mitigate risk for the whole strategy for the application that you're building. Lyft Security also provides like in-person and online training focused on helping you and your team understand common vulnerabilities and their impact and how to write code in a way that you know can prevent them and, and hopefully not have them. So if you're interested in bringing a more security-first mindset to your team's development, contact Lyft Security. At, they're at uh, liftsecurity.io at Lyft Security on Twitter. So get a hold of them. They're, they are awesome people. Really, really good, good, good Good people. Good people. As a segue from that, security is actually an issue that uh, the community can get involved in. And the Node Security Project is probably a good place to um, to funnel some effort. I don't know if we're doing that already on the Node Forward um, site. But uh, the Node Security Project would be a um, really good place for people to go if they have a passion for security. Because they, they're actually doing some really good stuff for the Node community. They have a great API to search for vulnerabilities. And I've been playing with this tool a fair bit that they the Node Security Project have released, which is a, um, a command line tool to... Check individual dependencies and also check your full dependency tree for known vulnerabilities. You can actually just run this tool and like you can send a shrink wrap JSON which has all the information about your dependencies up to their API and it reports back if you're using any versions of, of packages that are problematic. So people should check that out and we should definitely include this in the uh, node forward stuff. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I should I should talk to Adam Baldwin and figure out sort of like where they're at and like if we should do any security stuff or we should just point people at Node Security from, from Node Forward or what we should do. So I'll, I'll have to get with him about that. All right. So on to part two now. We're going to talk now about some of the efforts going on in Node Forward to help people new to Node. So Forrest, why don't you start us off talking about helping people? So... One of the things that, that has been pretty clear for a while is that there's there's kind of some gaps around getting people up to speed. Uh, there's there's a lot of 
really good introductory stuff. Node School has been fantastic for that. And I think it is one of the most interesting and successful efforts to get a group of people using a programming tool that, that I think I've ever seen. And there are, you know, the mailing list and the IRC channel for kind of generalized questions. But when you start getting a little further down the road, there's definitely this kind of chasm that opens up between like just straight up newbie level and the activity of what's going on inside node core and what the kind of like, I don't know really what to call them, but like for lack of a better term, the node elite is up to. There's a lack of inclusiveness there and there's kind of a lack of integration within the community that, that helps people make the jump from being a interested beginner to being kind of an intermediate or expert node node developer and kind of like a an expert at navigating the node community. You know, if you can afford to go to a node conf or if there's a one shot in your area, like those are things that help you get to know other people and that could be helpful, but not everybody works that way. So we need resources to bring people up to speed. And another thing that I've noticed is that the Node Core team, you know, they're very small and they're very focused and they have an awful lot of work to do, which is something as an NPM maintainer that I can relate to on a very deep and primal level at this point. They don't have a lot of time to tell people, you know, the what and the why. They're more focused on the how and the when. You know, they need to they need to make fixes. They are trying to get releases out. They are still working on getting 012 out the door. That is something that is going to happen eventually. And that is stuff that requires a lot of focus because there's a lot of work to be done there. So what happens is that well, somebody will come in and they'll have a question, you know, why is it this way? Or here's a pull request where I've tried changing how URL.parse works for an example that's been kind of kicking around for a little while recently. And one of the people who is on the core team will be like, you know, this is an appropriate question for the mailing list. This isn't really something that we can talk about here. We're focused on fixing actual bugs in Node Core. And that's not really a satisfying experience for the person that asked the question. And it's not really a satisfying experience for the people who have to handle those on the other end either, because you know nobody wants to leave somebody feeling frustrated. It's just not enough time, and it's really not the right, correct forum. So one of the things that we're working on, and this is something that a group of people has been working on for I feel like at least a year now. I mean, the, the first time I was aware of this, really kind of coalescing as a community effort, was with, oh God, this name is so terrible, but the Knode project, Node with a, with a silent K at the beginning. That was just a name that Chris Dickinson had kicking around and a bunch of people connected to Portland, Oregon's Node organization, PDX Node, were starting to think about creating a, a new landing page for nodejs.org, which is something that's still sort of in flight, but has kind of mutated over time into being part of the Node Forward Welcome Project. And they're also working on creating a way to sort of franchise the PDX Node experience of how to build a community user group, but also as part of that, create a set of resources, you know, concept-oriented documentation, try to figure out whether we could make something like Stack Overflow work, some kind of stack exchange type thing work as part of a community site, but basically started woodshedding through a lot of these problems for getting newbies up and running. And a lot of people, you know, Jason Denizak, better known as Jaden, Tracy, God, I just blanked on Tracy's last name, but Hacky Go Lucky, a bunch of people put a lot of work into that and came up with what was a pretty good format for a lot of this stuff. And then it's, you know, time passed. We've all been busy working on other things. And well, eventually... It, it was a little bit more than that. So okay. what, what? Yeah, what happened was like you know it was a JS Fest uh, 
uh, San Francisco, we had like an uncomp session about it and we had like a giant whiteboard full of all these great ideas and we sort of coalesced them down into like a simpler thing. But then it was sort of picked up by certain people as like, this should go on to the official website for, for Node. And as soon as like you're in this official landscape, you're inside of this like insane bureaucracy. And that was where everything just sort of died. <laughs> like, and everybody lost all of the momentum that was going into it and, and it just sort of fizzled out. So... Well, it wasn't just that. I mean, like a bunch of stuff has happened since then. I feel like we also had Cascadia JS, which I felt was actually a really, really, really good attempt to kind of create both a solid regional conference and create something that was much more welcoming and much more oriented towards bringing people further into at least the regional Pacific Northwest node community. And so, yeah, and, that, you know, that's, that's that's true. That's true. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the yeah. people who were principals in in that unconference session, which unfortunately I couldn't make it to because I was in the middle of all kinds of other crazy stuff at the time. But a lot of the a lot of the people who were involved in that were also involved in a lot of this other stuff. And and so I feel like that created a framework that has had a lot of ramifications, and it's kind of just kind of popping back into focus now with Node Forward. And the idea there is to try and separate out the different roles and activities related to a lot of this stuff. And we've, well, mostly Michael has sorted them out into a set of repos. So we got the welcome repo, which is for, you know, putting together a new website, stuff that is totally oriented towards newbies. There's a help repo, mm -hmm. which is kind of a place where people can ask those more general questions. And there's the discussions repo where people can start getting into more detailed, gritty roadmap type things and then there's i don't know if there's a repo for it there, there's a is there a mentor repo now repo now michael yep. yeah so so then there's a, a place for people who are interested in getting participating from the other end the, the the mentoring side of things to start figuring out how to do that effectively and how to connect with people properly because that, that, that actually is a really hard problem to solve like there are yeah I, yeah I think what we've kind of nailed it down to, this is just in the last few days, but basically like, you know, we're putting together a readme and a very simple website for the mentorship that just says like, hey, you know, send a pull request to this readme to log your name in as a mentor and like say, you know, sort of how much time that you can dedicate to it. And then if you want, if you're a mentee and you want a mentor, you know, log an issue or send an email to this private email list and we'll connect you with a person who can be your mentor sort of virtually. And then once those people are sort of paired up, then they can, you know, talk on a hangouts or do whatever, you know, whatever works for them in order to connect. On the help side, it's, you know, the help repo is literally just a repo to ask questions, right? So there's like yep. a getter channel and an issue tracker and that's it. Like just ask questions. Um, well, I, well, I do yeah, think, yeah. I do think that eventually what we're going to end up with there is something that I've been working towards with NPM as well, which is like everybody's leverage gets magnified if we have a way to make information more sticky and like, you know, in the olden days, we would have created a fact. Facts are kind of, I don't know, they're kind of out of fashion because they're kind of unwieldy and hard to use. But like having some form of knowledge base, having some like sort of like, you know, guides for how to do various things, have some way of like, when we answer a question more than two or three times, we should probably turn that into a little miniature document or some other way, or maybe even use it to help guide the further development of new episodes for, for Node School. But basically capture that need, capture the response to that need in something that is actually helpful for people in more of a self-service way. Yeah, like maybe we should set up a, confl a confluence wiki. Oh, so, God. <laughs> you can keep your weird Australian bullshit to yourself, buddy. <laughs> 
the interesting thing about like you know like like you said, there's the mailing list. The Google group has been around forever. You can ask for help on there. The interesting thing about doing this as a GitHub repo though is, and we've seen this in a ton of other projects, where as soon as you just say rather than a mailing list and often this weird silo, you put it on GitHub. Now we have like all the stuff that we can do across different repositories and all of this sort of like mixing and matching, right? Yeah. And you know, I can I can at mention people that would like know the answer to this, and then they'll actually get engaged, right? Or I can say, oh hey, you know what? This should really be like a, a node school thing. So I log an issue on node school slash workshops. Like, hey, there should be a workshop about this. I reference that issue. It pulls those people in. One of the reasons why we're able to amplify a lot of this work is because we can pull in all these different people and projects together. Yet um, more evidence that GitHub is the only social network that matters for nerds. <laughs> it's true. I, I will it's say true. this though, just from my experience with the node school discussions repo, that um, repo is really high traffic. And it really requires a lot of input by helpers. So it's like it's like the IRC channel, but it's you know it's kind of intense. And so there's there's a bunch of people that are really that really enjoy helping out like that. And so there's some amazing people that that help stay on top of issues there. And I would say that if anybody out there who's listening to this enjoys helping other people and feels like they have just even a basic competence in Node, you know, you should jump on, you know, the Node School discussions or particularly new Node Forward um, discussions and and mentors thing. So you you should hop on there and help out there. It really does take a lot of work. Um, I want to amplify that, actually. I want to amplify that and say, if any of you have experience training people to do this stuff, we really want to hear from you. Because that is that is a key need right now. This is something that I've run into. I'm running into a little bit with help. I run into a node forward help. And I run into a lot with NPM, which is there is a lot of kind of NKO, like people saying, I want to help. I want to contribute in some way. Where can I start? And like, you know, like with NPM, it's kind of tough. Like I have to tell people, well, first you have to understand how NPM works. So go off and spend the next six months reading all of this crazy source code written in like like some weird idiomatic style that made a lot of sense to Isaacs at the time and like come back and then you could help us answer these questions. Like that's not that's not an effective answer, right? Like that's that like this is something I struggle with a lot. And the same thing goes, like we need to figure out a way to say, okay, so pick an area that you're interested in specializing in and like, like go and look at some issues around this stuff or spend some time talking to one of the people on core who's working on this. Like try to figure out a way that you can effectively offload the ability to answer these questions without creating a lot of work for the people who you're trying to offload that work from. Because something that I do struggle with a lot is people really want to help me with NPM. But like it takes a lot of my time to bring them up to speed so that they're actually able to effectively and confidently answer people's questions. So if you are somebody who has a lot of experience with Node, maybe you've been away for a while because you've been focused on projects and you want to like help out with Node Forward, like your biggest force multiplier is going to be training other people to help people rather than trying to do the help directly yourself. Also, I mean, I don't want to freak people out. Like, there's actually not a lot of questions right now on how. No, like, it's no, actually no. really easy. It's, it's, it's really <laughs> sustain. It's really sustainable. But like, I, the need on places like I see a lot of traffic on Gitter with people saying, "Hey, I want to pitch in," and like, I don't really have a good next step for them right now, and I need help figuring that out, and I need people to help me bring this up to speed because what I would like to see, and I think this is something that you would like to see as well, both of you, is a way to make these things both as self-bootstrapping as possible and self-managing as possible. You know, that's something that's been really successful for requests. It's something that Max does, Max Ogden does with a lot of his projects where somebody gets interested, it 
bam, they're a member of the team and they're kind of they're in charge. They're 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 helping run things. I mean, as far as I can tell, that's how I got press gained into helping out with help in the first place. Is you just sort of volunteered me I was doing it. Yeah, I'm good at that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think Node School is a really good example again, though, where we didn't start out going like, oh my god, we have to break this all into a million pieces so that it's yeah. manageable. We should, like like Rod said, we started with this one discussions repo, and actually, like what you were saying about discussions being really high traffic, that's not necessarily true anymore. Like, you know, it used to be discussions was like the only repo, and so if you needed help, you went there. If you were going to write a new workshop, you went there. We had one thread where every meetup that ever happened like posted a new comment with pictures in it right and like eventually that just became too unmanageable right and so now we have a repo for per locale and what ends up happening is that people who go to those local events end up asking questions in those local repos just about whatever and you know I'll get pulled in if it's something related to something that I work on but like it's because they just feel much more comfortable asking sort of their local community first and then pulling out from there and you know we have one for organizers we have a repo for new workshops like we we broke it up to make it more manageable kind of after the fact i don't want to i mean we're not trying to scare people away i know that mm-hmm. that probably came off as scary but <laughs> uh, i also i also want to something else i want to say about this is that i often get into conversations where people like i get the strong impression that people are looking for how they can get get into the node community because it's very attractive what we have in this you know and using community in in, in quotes air quotes um, but it's it's quite attractive from the outside what we have with Node. You know, with, it's a great community of people. Um, we have great events together and we get along well. But it, getting in from the outside can be um, difficult for some people to see how to do it. And I would suggest that if you if you are finding the idea of of belonging to the Node community attractive, but don't feel like you are part of it, then one way to do that is to step in to these forums, whether it be the IRC channel or Node Forward discussions or even the node school stuff that's one of the, the best ways that you can enter into the community because you get to know the people you get to know the problems you get to start solving problems and you know you, you become even more valuable to the community and vice versa this is a really good avenue for people who want to find a way in to feel like they can belong to this thing yeah yeah I mean, it's, I, it's happening i mean you could there are, there are all kinds of people i have no idea who a lot of these people are but they're right in the middle of all kinds of stuff and it's really really impressive to see yeah i mean like the node forward website right now if you just go to nodeforward.org it basically just says like hey are you do you have this kind of skill set are you looking to get involved in this kind of stuff and it and has some some options for you right and and i think we definitely have some work to make that a little bit more like user friendly and point people at the right stuff but a big part of it too is like you know if you want to improve your local community and so you know in that section it really talks about like you know you can run a local node school you can do a one shot like there's all this you know stuff that you can access and yeah and then there's also all this new great virtual stuff that we're building up you can check all that out at nodeforward.org and just go to the github or github.com slash node dash forward and see all the different repos now i'm going to tell you a little bit about and yet and yet is just a company full of nice people that are rabidly happy with where they work but they 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 also do great great work so starting today and yet web uh, rtc experts will be offering three new consulting packages to teams in need or want of serious uh, development boost so the i mean and yet you know they ran real time conf they've been doing this great new like training event it was called js for teams and now it's called i believe it's just humane javascript it's also amazing they really want to round out their year by helping like 
like your team at your company ship something like really epic and innovative with WebRTC. Like they, these guys really are the the experts in WebRTC. If you don't believe me, just go to Taki.io, and and you'll know. So you know whether you're you're looking to you know. You want help developing like a new video or chat feature in your existing platform, or this something that you want to run like on your own hardware using your own open source components, or like you know a ki- a new killer custom interface uh, on top of what you've already been building. Then like Andyet is definitely the people that you want to talk to to, to help you figure that out. For more information, just go to andyet.com/webrtc and definitely check them out on Twitter at andyet. Last section, third act, you guys. Let's close this out. <laughs> So now we're going to talk a bit about a few other projects. That the first are two repos in Node Forward. One is called Build, and one is called Roadmap. So, uh, Rod, why don't you tell us about Build first, since you're leading that effort? Okay. So, Build. Build comes from a place where Node itself has a it's got a Jenkins server that that runs Node. Now, TJ Fontaine, I think, was hired originally by well Isaac to help um, set that up, and that's been running. Unfortunately, it's a, it's kind of a heavy load for somebody to just be responsible for. And it's fallen, fallen a little bit out of um, you know, good care, so it's, it needs some help. Anyway, we're setting up a separate effort to help set up a, a more sophisticated build and CI infrastructure for Node. We are starting with Jenkins. So we have a new Jenkins server set up, and we are working our way through adding platforms to that and fixing up issues that we're finding with the 0.12 branch uh, of Node and anything in LibUV as well. And we're, we'll be progressively adding new platforms to the, the test side of that. Parallel to that, we also want to build our own CI platform because Jenkins is horrible and pretty much everything else is horrible. We think there's an opportunity here given that uh, there's a lot of community interest here and pretty much broad agreement that the CI landscape is just terrible when you're looking at uh, cross-platform CI. So we think there's, a, there's room here to build something that is tailored specifically to Node's needs and uh, may potentially grow out to be a decent replacement for something like Jenkins for many kinds of projects. So we're going to be working on these two things in parallel. Priority right now is to help Core get back into sync with, uh, with solid, a solid test process so that they know that their stuff, because like you know, when you're contributing to Node Core, most of those guys are running Linux or OS X, and I, I, yeah, and there might be one or two Windows people hanging around, but mostly you're running a very recent operating system, and you don't care about the other operating systems in the sense that you don't, you're not testing on them constantly. So you want to have that kind of feedback that when you push code, that it's not passing on some old version of Linux or you know, Windows is having some kind of obscure problem. So the infrastructure we're setting up is, is to give that sense of assurity that whenever you're pushing new code, that it works on all of the supported platforms. For us at NodeSource, this is particularly interesting because we come up against customers regularly because uh, that are using quite old versions of Linux because of the whole Red Hat release cycle. Like the companies get stuck on Red Hat 5. It, it's supported until 2021 or something ridiculous. And it's, you know, it's ancient and putting new stuff on Red Hat 5 is like very difficult. So we have an interest in making sure that Node still works and is well tested on all those platforms. And I have a personal interest too in, in making sure that Node is still considered first class on Windows. Not that I enjoy Windows as a platform myself, but I think that's a really big selling point for Node, that it's, it, it has um, smoothed over some of the difficult parts of Windows. And I want to continue to see it be a, a you know a, a well-supported platform there. So that's build. Eventually, we'll, we might you know move to you know producing nightly builds 
things that people can test out. But basically, we have a repo in Node Forward called Build. We have a bunch of people that are interested in contributing, and we are just sort of bootstrapping that effort of how we do this thing, how we work together, and what exactly what we're doing. Well, and also you, you've had a ton of companies step up to offer like free hosting yes. for some of this stuff, right? So, so the, the actual infrastructure is going to be kind of a patchwork of all of this donated uh, yeah. cycles, and and like that's you know that's not trivial to manage either. So, figuring I, out. I, I, I'll, I'll just run through that because it is it is it's great to see that you know these it, and it wasn't hard. These companies stepped up immediately. So, obviously, DigitalOcean have stepped up in a big way with with Michael there, and they're very keen to see Node be be a solid platform. So, they've stepped up with donated hardware. We've got Rackspace donating a considerable amount. We're, that's very useful for Windows. We have IBM, and they've got a partnership with Softlayer. They are uh, interested in supporting, in contributing some hardware there, and that might be interesting for non-virtualized hardware. Where we're, we're actually talking about maybe running nightly performance builds to track performance over time, and it would be good to have non-virtualized stable hardware to do that on. So that, that might be handy too. Voxer is stepping up with OSX. They're putting a couple of, they've, they've already put a couple of Mac minis in their um, data center they've already given us access to. And they are also going to be putting in FreeBSD to the mix because they are switching over their things to FreeBSD. And uh, they employ Fedor and he's on the hook to keep FreeBSD well supported with Node. So lots of companies contributing. And if there are other companies interested in contributing hardware and they have hardware, then we'd be interested to hear from you as well. Awesome. Awesome. I'm really excited for all this, especially the performance test stuff. That's going to be really interesting. And, and I, there's also been discussion of just, you know, like, hey, why don't we also run all the NPM tests for every build? And why don't we also run like all the tests and, and sort of like the biggest modules out there? So we even know when we accidentally break a module in core. And yeah, so it's, it's just it's really exciting stuff. So there's, there's other things that we've discussed sort of on the fringe of this, that there are possibilities, including creative things like perhaps setting up some kind of build farm for providing native um, pre-compiled binaries. So this is a, a big problem still with Node, with NPM installs that have compiled components, particularly on Windows. There's a couple of projects out there that are dealing with this now. One of the most prominent is Node pre-JIP. That's quite interesting, but it still requires the module authors to prepare compiled versions for the various platforms. There are ways that um, they're automating that, but it's still quite tricky. But if we, if we build this custom infrastructure, then it's possible that we could also set up a system where we can bring in you know, some of the more popular native add-ons and have a build farm that provides binaries in tandem with NPM so that you don't, you don't have to go and download you know, Visual Studio and the SDK and all the Xcode command line tools and all this kind of stuff that is just so much of a headache for most people. That's something that is on the horizon, but I'd really like to see it in there as a... Um, as a thing that can be done. Okay, so I'm just going to talk really quick about the roadmap stuff. So one of the complaints that we get a lot, like the more that I go out in the community and talk to people, is that they really feel like they're totally disaffected from core. Like in in that they really want to have uh, some kind of input in, into the direction of core uh, and into sort of like, you know, what you would consider the roadmap. They're not, you know, C developers. They're not the kind of people that are going to get down and dirty with core code. But, you know, as you look at the landscape of Node users, you know, like probably half or more of them right now are like doing front-end tooling. And that, that front-end tooling isn't necessarily like that the feedback from those kinds of people isn't necessarily making it all the way to core. So the roadmap repo is really 
first a place where we can have some threads about you know what are people's biggest pain points and and what are people kind of doing with node and then also so so that we can you know try and come up with some better ways of collecting feedback from the community at large and then bring that bring that feedback in aggregate into core and build sort of a better sort of community based roadmap so that's that's what that is if you have something that you hate in node or something that you really need out of node then uh, going there would probably be a great idea what's the process for connecting that with the core members because a lot of the core contributors they um, have little visions in their head and it's a process of collaborating together and coming up with some sort of compromise. How does a external roadmap feed into that process? There's a lot of question marks right now around how Core gets developed that I don't have all the answers for right now, but that work is happening kind of separate to this conversation. What I can say is that like, you know, it's not clear what people actually want. I mean, a lot of people will say, you know, I want this or that, but that's not what they really want, right? Like they'll say, I want this specific feature that I had in a prior language, right? What they really want to do is be able to like debug or trace something in a particular way. And so a lot of what we're doing right now is trying to collect all this feedback and really dig into people's use cases and go like, what are they actually looking for and what can we find, right? It kind of reminds me of like the async listener stuff, right? Where it sort of started as this really generic thing that we can maybe build on and then Trevor went you know, in a direction where he tried to make it really specific and have this really specific API that did these specific things that people were asking for. And then now, now from what I understand, like it's sort of gone back in the other direction to more of like a generic kind of building block for people to, to go and build different kinds of tracing and encapsulation. So how do we get to that place kind of quicker, right? Like how do we, how do we sum up all of these use cases and go like, is this enough for people to really to sink their teeth into and continue to communicate with the community? I mean, I can say that, you know, the majority of the contributors um, are, you know, in node forward, they're in that repo watching it. They're contributing to these conversations. I think like, you know, the, the, the pain points one, Trevor's been in multiple times. I think, you know, Ben Nordhaus has been in there as well, maybe even Bert. So yeah, they're watching right now. That feedback is sort of making it in. There's a lot of question marks around core that I don't really want to get into all of that yet, but you know, assuming that will be fixed, this is sort of the starting point where we try to build a community around gathering this feedback and and actually coming up with constructive feedback for core to make it into the roadmap. The positive okay. thing that I see with the, the, the core team is that there is, a, there is this general node ethos of small core and vibrant user land, and they, they do get that, and I think the process of compromising on vis- various visions leads them to APIs like what we're getting with uh, the compromise between ace- the original async listener and this tracing thing. Node core is all about exposing, you know, that's enough for the innovation to happen on top of that. Um, so I, I guess perhaps the roadmap is all about connecting all of those dots from core outwards into where we all actually use Node. Right, and that, that's a really good segue into, you know, one of the big problems that people have right now is that, you know, all of the native modules break every time that we take a new V8. There's a ton of people that want to take new V8 as quick as we can so that they can get new language features. And then there's another group of people that get horribly broken by, like, in, in the ecosystem every time that we take that change. And so, you know, at one point TJ had talked about, you know, like this, this C layer between everything and the shim layer that would be in core. And, and that's like, you know, just another thing that's just not shipping ever probably. And then you wrote NAN, right, which is like, you know, a module that people can buy to that that tries to fit between these different versions of the V8 API. And now, you know, like the majority of the contributors that that we've been talking to now sort of, you know, this is like the the pseudo-official maybe best way to go about this (laughs) is just to to have something in the module ecosystem deal with it and be somewhat blessed but not taken into core. 
Yeah, so Nan is uh, Nan really has grown out of the original version that I released. It's it, originally it was just an extraction of of stuff that uh, utilities that I was using in uh, I think it was Level Down where most of them were, and then it's grown over time as V8 has really messed our lives up, and as more projects have started using Nan, we've got really good coverage of the full API, and we've had to adapt with V8 as it's changed as well. So um, Nan now is a, it's got its own little community of contributors. You know, there's a few guys on there, they're way smarter than me, and I'm so glad that they are really taking very much a lead in defining the NAN API as V8 changes. NAN has really good adoption, like really high proportion of native modules now that most people use in NPM are using NAN um, and are getting that kind of compatibility. And we regularly get, you know, feedback, you know, this module is not working on, you know, version 11.14 or whatever, and, you know, it bubbles all the way back up to us because we're, we're sort of the, the lowest common denominator for them. But yeah, no, NAN has become important enough that it's got a lot of contributors, it's got a lot of people with a vested interest in it, and I'm personally keen to see that be you know, a useful utility into the future as, as V8 makes that, continually makes our life difficult and as we need the flexibility to innovate as well. So if we have this layer, this abstraction layer in between, then it, it makes everybody's life a little bit easier. And my prediction is that come 0.12, even though the V8 API is just, is, is just so different to the 010 master now that it's not going to be as dramatic as it probably should be because for a start, a lot of people, most of these popular modules are using NAN and the main reason for that is because a lot of people are actually using 011 now because they want these language features. So they're already putting pressure on. Yeah, NAN is a place where you, know, you can always use more contributors, particularly people with a clue about C++. It's a good place to contribute. Awesome. I think that we're wrapping up now. So we've got plugs now. Forrest, do you want to plug something? I sure do. And it's very topical. Node technical committee member and all around awesome person, Chris Dickinson, has put together a little a little site called nodebug.me, which is a crowdsourcing way to triage the very large number of open issues on Node right now. So all you do is go to nodebug.me, you off it to have read access to your GitHub profile and it hooks you up with a bug and starts asking you questions to figure out where that bug fits in the triage queue. It's a totally, totally great, clever idea. It's a little a little challenging to use right now. I consider myself a moderately competent node user and I had to do some serious research on the first two or three issues I looked at, but it's pretty fun. And if it's not mindless, at least it's something that kind of keeps pulling you along. And it's definitely something that really needs to be done. So check it out. Plugs from me. I, I want to plug CampJS. It run, it's currently on a six monthly schedule. The next CampJS has been already scheduled for, I think it's March or May next year. Yeah, March maybe, and it's going to be in Melbourne again. So this this time it was in uh, Queensland. It's going to be Melbourne next year in March, and tickets are already on sale. It's an amazing event. It's a really community focused event, uh, just a great family of people having a good time together in a um, a location where we don't have great internet, so we're forced to actually interact with each other. You know, and I want to you know plug Tim Oxley's dedication to running this event. He puts so much effort in, and um, every time it just comes off like a uh, everyone who goes raves about it. So I want to plug CampJS. The first thing I want to—I uh, just want to plug—is that so request has grown. You know, a lot of contributors over a long amount of time, but now 
there aren't just contributors. Like the people actually maintaining it at this point are just not me. And and particularly uh, James Nyland and and Fred Schott are like just doing a, an amazing job. Uh, they're really killing it. And there's all kinds of other people, new contributors coming in all the time. So one of the one of the more kind of annoying things that that this has brought up is that there are a lot of request dependencies that I maintain. There's also a lot of talk right now about refactoring a lot of the code there so that we have sort of more stuff broken into dependencies and, and less stuff being in request proper. And as we do that, it was just going to get really annoying to manage all of them as all these independent modules when they were just under my own personal GitHub. So request is now moved to an org. So there's like a request GitHub org, github.com slash request. And now request is at request slash request, which means that my personal GitHub profile page is so much less impressive. But it does mean that this is a much more kind of sustainable community effort now because we, you know, all of the contributors to request now have access to all the dependencies as well. So, yeah, so check that out. Also, I've just been writing a lot of articles on Medium lately. So if you just go to medium.com slash at Michael or look in the show notes for the link, you'll see all these posts that I've written recently. I did a, a really cool one on building like a better node community and a lot of the kind of governance stuff that we're talking about here was in that and one on uh, like the, the road to accepting codes of conduct and all that kind of stuff. So check them out. We should put links to them in the show notes. I like that, um, yeah. that community one you wrote. Yeah, yeah, uh, there are links. Uh, I, I just added them. So, all right, it's time for everybody's uh, upcoming events. All right, so first up, Node Vember, because it's November and it's fucking Node in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, United States, November 15th through 16th. Go to nodevember.org for that one. I think, I think the tickets are sold out. I think they are at venue limit for that. So, oh, well. Yeah, well, you could maybe sponsor at a low level and get a very expensive ticket. There's also a Node Fest Japan. Oh, you know what? If you really want to go to November and you're like in Nashville, email me. I might be able to get you a ticket because I may have an extra sponsor ticket actually. So that's that's just for somebody special who wants to email me about that. There's a NodeFest Japan happening November 15th in Tokyo. NodeFest.jp/2014. I'll be speaking at that one. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, one Shot Budapest. So. Loving it. People are running these little conferences. It's awesome. People can run node comps and I don't have to be involved. It is great. Uh, so, <laughs> One Shot Budapest is happening November 21st in Budapest. Go to oneshot.ringstack.com. Um, there's uh, JSConf Asia. Uh, oh, this is going to be so cool. It's in uh, Singapore this year, November 20th through 22nd, uh, 2014.jsconf.asia. I'm also speaking at that one. And then. This is going to be the best, you guys. This is another conference that I'm running along with a bunch of other amazing organizers who are doing a really kick-ass job on JS Fest Oakland. JS Fest Woo! is a, so JS Fest is a week-long JavaScript festival, which means there are a ton of events. So there's there's JS Barbecue, like literally barbecue, and then talks in somebody's backyard. There's Browserified, which is a very uh, small, just sort of event about Browserify. There's a little extensible web summit. CSS Conf um, is going to be amazing. Carolina has been doing a really kick-ass job getting people for that one. We're doing like some evening events like Gin.js and Whiskey.js. I'm going to run a, a NodeConf one-shot, just a little one-day one. Forrest, you're speaking at that one, aren't you? 
Yep, you know, um, we've got the the regular Oakland, the regular weekly Oakland JS will also be that week, and it's gonna. I'm actually gonna have to rent out like the place that we usually do it at because there's gonna be so many people. Happy Day, there's gonna be like a conference about Happy JS, a uh, little one day, so come check that out. Nothing is sacred is a new thing by Bryce Barrel, which is like you know basically talking about things like you know not taking anything for granted and rewriting kind of sacred cows and all that kind of shit. DHTMLConf 2000, the next installment of DHTMLConf. This one curated yeah. curated awesome. by Jen fucking Schiffer. That is not to misinvent that one. Yeah. It's going to be pretty amazing. It's going to be seriously amazing. Um, you know, we've got Nodebots. We've got another Dance.js happening. Dance.js is going to kick so much ass. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. And Forrest is like, you know, telling me what to buy so that the music doesn't cut out this time. So it's going to be even better than last time. And, you know, there's still some hack, some like hack days and other stuff that we're even scheduling. So there's even more to come. So for 200 bucks, you get a week of JavaScript. So, yeah, at all in Oakland, California, the hub of Node. So, yeah, come on down. That was a very long pitch for it, but I'm, I'm just so excited. I haven't had a chance to tell people how excited I am about all the things that all these great people are doing. So that's it. Everybody, thank you for listening. You can follow uh, at NoteUp on Twitter. You can sponsor NoteUp by emailing uh, NoteUp at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, leave us a, a review on iTunes if you're feeling generous. That's it. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. See you next month. <laughs>